the world was in Israel falling down and crashing apart. That is part of the Christmas story I want you to hear tonight because the nation of Israel was greatly divided. It was divided into two kingdoms. You see, there was the, the northern kingdom, it was called Israel. And then there was a th southern kingdom, its capital was in Jerusalem, but it was called Judah. And so there was this political fissure, brothers and sisters were divided. What should have been united was, was separated. And what made matters worse, armies from conquering nations were surrounding these countries and ready to take Jerusalem and utterly destroy it and carry the people off into captivity. And at that moment, King Ahaz, he was the king of Judah, he had walked away from God. He didn't know God. He had decided not to follow God. And as is so often the case, the people uh, went the way of their leaders. And so they had rejected God too. They worshipped other idols, they forgot God and his precepts, so they cheated their neighbors and they practiced immorality. And even with this impending invasion and the destruction of their livelihood and everything they knew, they were hopeless and in despair and the people were in distress. I want you to note tonight that it's into that scene that God sent a prophet. His name was Isaiah. And he came and he described what was happening. And then he gave the people a promise. Despite the horribleness of their situation, he gave them this promise. He said, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. Are you in distress tonight? So many are. Because here's the promise he gave. He said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of darkness. In the shadow of death, a light has dawned. So tonight, I want you to see to whom this promise is made. People who are walking in darkness, those who are living in a land of the shadow of death. People, if you really think about it, who wouldn't feel very much like celebrating anything. It occurs to me tonight that that could be a description of so many in our world. In fact, maybe it describes you this evening. We're a people who walk in darkness. We are a people with this pandemic who feel like we might be even living in the land of the shadow of death. In so many ways, we live in a dark world. I don't think I have to argue very hard to say that this has been a wacky and frustrating year. And in many ways disturbing too. I don't have to argue that at all. In this very room, I, I would expect it to be filled to the brim on a Christmas Eve. In a room that normally can hold, what, over 400 people. We would expect it to be full. But tonight we'll have, well, what, maybe 60 or 70 in this service. 100 maybe in the first one. A few more dozen in the next. Boy, this virus, it's taken such an impact. On so many. Some have lost their jobs, and we feel for those families. Some have lost loved ones. This morning I got word that uh, Mary Kirby, who was a pastor's wife that I grew up with, and then she returned to my home church at Fulton Creek at another point in their ministry, she passed to COVID. Her husband, Pastor Joe Kirby, is in, right now in the ICU unit, struggling, trying to survive himself. And so we're praying for the Kirby family. 
But if you think about it, all of us have lost something. All of us have lost freedoms that we used to enjoy and quite frankly took for granted. Like coming to church. Not wearing these masks. Going to school. And then I think about the divisions. The divisions of people. People get used to get upset with one another. Mask or no mask. Vaccines or no vaccines. And, and we just live in a crazy time. This is a season where in certain parts of the country, when a family gets together, they smoke marijuana. And you know what's illegal about that? Not the smoking of marijuana, but that a family gets together. It's crazy. You, you add the tumult and divisiveness of an election season, and you see that the world is enraged by fear and darkness, selfishness and confusion. I think that's an apt description of our world. And maybe it describes... A lot of us this evening, a people who walk in darkness, a people who live in the land of a shadow of death because we live in a dark world. But you know, Christianity, the Christmas story, is all about a light dawning. A few verses later, Isaiah describes what this light will look like. He says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I want you to think about that with me for just a moment. Because I love the fact that the government will be on his shoulders. Boy, how we need to be reminded of that tonight. Our hope is never in earthly rulers. Our hope is never in Washington or anywhere else except for heaven. And the one who comes is a wonderful counselor. Anybody who has faced a tough decision this year, and I think about how many decisions we've had to make as a church, and I'm sure you've had to make in your family, in your work. But God says, I'll give you wisdom and counsel. He's a mighty God. Are any of you overwhelmed with life where the stress is there? You can put your trust in him, the one who says, I created the world with a word, and I can take care of your situation. I can work all things together for good to them that love me and are called according to my purposes. He's all-powerful. He's an everlasting father. Families separated this year, and if you're one of those who feels alone at Christmas this season, and maybe you're longing for acceptance and love, and you feel like you're left out, you just want to feel like someone cares, maybe your family isn't together this year, maybe your family is a mess and it has nothing to do with COVID, God says, I want you to be a part of my family. Maybe, maybe you can be one of my children, too. Isaiah says he is the prince of peace. Peace in the Bible means fullness and coping with stress, optimism, no matter the difficulty in every situation. I don't know about you, but that sounds so good to me tonight. If you're worried, you're troubled, you're afraid, the promise is, is that God is in the business of bringing peace in difficult situations. And some of us are walking in darkness. We're confused, we're afraid, we're troubled, and we're waiting for the dawn. 
The psalmist put it this way. He says, my soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Oh, Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love and with him is full redemption. For he himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. We've been waiting. The the world is waiting. We are lost in our sin and all of its consequences. Let's face it, we live in a broken world. But now the Bible says this waiting, the dawn has come, the light is here because the Christmas story tells us that the light of the world has stepped out into the darkness. And so behind all the darkness of this year, behind all the difficulty and stress of your life, we can remember a son has been born to us. And his name is Jesus. 700 years later, after Isaiah makes this promise to a people living in darkness, angels of light appear in the middle of nowhere to a bunch of shepherds with the news that this promise has been fulfilled. 700 years go by, there's a lot of waiting, but suddenly the skies are filled with good news. As the angel declares, do not be afraid I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. And 2,000 years later, that fulfilled promise remains. I want you to think about this. Receive it. A Savior has been born to you. A Savior has been born to me. And so this becomes the question, how are we going to respond to this birth? Well, think about what the shepherds did after they heard the angels, after they heard the angelic choir. The Bible says they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, just as the angel had said. And when they'd seen him, they worshipped him, and then they spread word concerning him, so much so that the people were amazed at all the shepherds told them. So there are a couple of things I see there. They hurried. Man, this was such good news. If it's good news, don't wait. Hurry to the manger. Don't wait. But once you get there, worship and celebrate what Christ has done. But thirdly, share it with someone else. And Because it is an amazing story. This is an amazing story. In fact, I can't think of a more amazing story in all of history. In a world where people are living in darkness, the God of the universe humbles himself. He lays down all of his glory and he comes to a manger and waits humbly as a little baby. And that baby is a wonderful counselor, the mighty God, an everlasting father, and the prince of peace. But maybe what's most amazing about that story is this. The story isn't over. The truth is, if you think about the Christmas story, it's still to be written. Uh, I think too often we tell the story all wrong. We we tell it in such a way that it it simply happened 2,000 years ago in the distant past, and we forget that the light that was born into the world that night is still shining and makes a difference today. And so the truth is, this is so important to understand. Every Christmas, you and I get to decide 
how to write another chapter of this story. How will your story be written this year? Maybe uh, this year you might continue the story by doing what the shepherds did and tell someone else about Jesus. In a sense, I think we're doing that with the Christmas Eve offering. I love the idea of us participating with this ministry in Malawi and giving these young people an opportunity to, to understand the gospel and grow in grace. Or maybe you will write another chapter in the story by before the kids, parents open up their presents, you take a moment and you read that Christmas story in the scriptures and you allow your child and family to to take in and contemplate the significance of a Savior who loves them. Or could it be that this Christmas you write the story, which in my view is probably the, the best way to write this chapter, and that is to give your heart to Jesus Christ. You know, tonight, there may be someone here, or maybe someone who's listening online, and the truth is, you're not walking with him. You don't know him, and if you've never, if you've never prayed to him, why not go to him tonight? What do you have to lose? You've got so much to gain, and I believe this, a prayer that's sincere, a prayer that is, is, is honest, and maybe somewhat desperate, is a prayer that God always answers. Remember, this is a Savior born to you. On Sunday morning, we, we, well, at the end of this service, we're going to sing the song Silent Night. It occurred to me on Sunday morning as we were singing that song that at the very end of the first verse, you know the refrain, he, 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 the author has us sing out, sleep in heavenly peace. And, you know, I've always heard that song, and, 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 and the author is painting a picture of what it looked like at the manger, and, and it almost seems like we're singing to the baby, sleep in heavenly peace. But, but on Sunday morning this, this year, I realized that maybe that's not the way we're supposed to sing it. Maybe instead we're supposed to receive that, that, that we can receive and sleep in heavenly peace because a Savior has come into the world. I was uh, coming home the other day from a shopping trip, and it suddenly dawned on me, we celebrate Christmas because Jesus was born on the earth. But have you ever thought about when they celebrate Christmas in heaven? I'm not talking about dates per se, but do you know when they have the biggest party in heaven? Jesus told us, he said, I tell you, in Luke 15, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. Do you know when they ring the bells of heaven? Do you know when they start singing a song? When a sinner is born again. We celebrate on earth because Jesus was born here. The angels celebrate when one person is born in heaven. That's when heaven rejoices. And so I want to ask you this question. Has heaven thrown a party for you? No social distancing required. You see, the Christmas story is only complete if the Christ who was born in a manger is born in your heart and takes up residence in your life. 
The Christmas story is only complete when there's a celebration in heaven because this Savior is born to you and you receive the gift. That's the Christmas story. Friend, Jesus did not come to give us a holiday. Jesus came because he loved you. And he didn't want to face eternity without you. He came to die for your sins and make a way so that you could be home for Christmas. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the miracle and the amazement of this story. Lord, every time I, I contemplate the mystery and majesty of the gospel, I say thank you. Lord, we may ring bells and sing songs, but I pray that, Lord, there would also tonight be a chorus in heaven as those who have heard the gospel and been reminded that they need a Savior, that they have a Savior, would receive this gift and that this light of Jesus Christ would dispel the darkness in our lives. Lord, help us to repent of our sin. Help us, Lord, to receive the forgiveness you offer Help us to receive this King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, may we live to him and may we glorify him as we give you our whole hearts even now. Lord, may heaven sing in celebration as we make the decision to follow you this Christmas. May that story be complete, I pray. And may we all sleep in heavenly peace. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing.